as you are all aware we are in our study we continue our study of the book of first corinthians we are in chapter 11 and hansel has read from verses 27 to 34 i hope you were listening carefully to the reading of god's holy word as we were studying the book of first corinthians especially in chapter 11 last time if you remember we had looked at verse 17 to verse 26 we were talking about the lord's supper If you remember we were discussing as to how a believer ought to prepare himself to participate of the Lord's supper that is what we spoke of the last time 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 17 to 24 for those of you who were not there and for the benefit of those who were there let me just recollect a few things that we had discussed we had studied that this was an important or this is one of the most important doctrines of the new testament church When the New Testament believers come together, one of the fundamental doctrines of our church belief is the participation of the Lord's table. Now let me explain this. If you remember, we studied as to how do we derive a doctrine? Well, we believe that if the Lord Jesus preached about it, if the disciples believed and practiced it, that becomes a doctrine of the New Testament church. And if that is the case, Jesus had instituted the Lord's Supper. When Jesus sat with his disciples, the gospel says, I have desired in my heart to partake of this. I have desired to enjoy this meal with you. And what the disciples learned from the Lord Jesus, they not only practiced it. That's why the New Testament says, whenever they got together the first day of the week, they would break bread. They would remember the Lord's table. Not only that, but we see this teaching being taught in the New Testament. When the New Testament assemblies, when the Church of God was established, this became a fundamental doctrine. Let me take this one step forward and explain. When the Lord Jesus taught about this, when the disciples believed and practiced, when we see the teaching being found in the New Testament, the Lord, the disciples, the New Testament very clearly teaches that this is a doctrine to be practiced by the Church and the Church alone. This is a doctrine that is to be practiced by the church and the church alone. As it says in the gospels, where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Whenever we come together, whenever we come together every week, we worship our God, we praise Him, we exhort the name of our Lord. But most importantly, other than all of these things that we do, it is very important for us as the New Testament church to come together and to break of the bread and to drink of the wine. This is an institution given by the Lord, practiced by the disciples, found in the epistles, specifically for the New Testament church. If you remember some of the other things that we were talking about when it says, how do I prepare for the Lord's Supper? We saw from chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 17 onwards, that when we come together, we are experiencing the unity through our celebration. That's what the significance of the Lord's Supper is. That's the reason why we do not encourage anybody to buy a bread, sit alone in your house and break it by yourself. It has no value. It makes no sense. When we come together, the unity of our celebration is what the Lord Jesus is looking for. Because Jesus, sent, uh, Jesus came into this world to die for the entire sins of the entire world. That is something that you and I need to think of. 
not only that when we come together through the participation of the lord's table we talk about the uniqueness of the lord jesus christ you and i are so different but we are one only because of the lord jesus christ we were exhorted from a brother from the book of colossians today about how all of this has been made possible only because of the lord jesus christ but then we stopped at that verse was 27 that we have to also be careful of unworthy actions and that is what we are going to be talking about today we have to be careful of unworthy actions you know when you look at uh, chapter 11 verse 23 to 26 this is normally read before the participation of the table right jason read those verses for us today just before we partake of the lord's table a brother would come in the front and he would read these verses just as what we receive from the lord on the night that he was betrayed he took the bread and he broke and he gave thanks in the same way he took the cup and he drank and he gave it to his disciples and then we add before we participate that whosoever does this in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the lord jesus christ What does Apostle Paul mean when he talks about participating in an unworthy manner? What does he mean when he says you should not participate of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner? Now that's what I want to explain for us in the next few minutes. You know, brothers and sisters, before I explain from the context what an unworthy manner means, I would like to take a few minutes to talk about what it does not mean. An unworthy manner does not refer to having a, a tough week. no it does not it does not mean that if our week did not go very well that things did not go all right in our workplace that things were not all right in our personal relationship with someone no it does not mean that you and i therefore are sitting in god's presence in an unworthy manner it does not talk about personal issues that we have it does not talk about oh lord this is the struggle that i'm going through this week oh lord i was not able to concentrate on you during this week therefore i feel when i come into god's presence i am sitting in an unworthy manner that is not exactly what it means but before i go ahead i also want to stress on what i just spoke about right now just because we had a tough week it does not mean that we sit in the presence of our lord in an unworthy manner but At the same time do you and I as born again believers make an effort to remember the Lord during the week just because you and I had a tough week it doesn't mean that we sit in God's presence and we say oh lord this is an unworthy matter no but at the same time out of 24 hours that the lord has blessed each and every person equally can you and I not take 10 minutes every day to remember the lord yes or no yes or no yes we can If you and I go through personal issues if you and I have a you you and I struggle in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ every single day can you and I not make that extra effort and to say Lord every day I will read my bible Lord every day I will spend time with you I will build work on my relationship with you so that I can come into God's presence to offer him praise and worship can I talk about two emphases when we come into the presence of our Lord Worship doesn't begin on a Sunday morning and ends on Sunday afternoon no from Monday to Saturday you and I must always worship our God you agree with me every single day you and I are involved in the worship of our God and when we come on a Sunday what you and I do is an overflow of what you and I have been doing during the week 
You get what I'm trying to say? So if you and I are not involved in worship, then how would it be possible for us to come on Sunday and then worship God? And then if our week was tough, and then if you and I struggle personally with personal sins, it doesn't make any sense when we say, I have excuses to make. No. But you and I need to make an effort daily. You and I need to make an effort daily to spend time with God, worshiping Him on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, even when it's tough. We say, Lord, my life might not make sense right now. This is what I might be struggling with. But I want to take a minute and I want to thank you for the grace that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to worship you. And then when we come together on a Sunday, it will be difficult for us to be quiet, but, we, but rather we would be able to stand up and worship God. So it's not talking about having a tough week. It's not talking about personal issue, sins. It's not talking about failures, difficulties, and shortcomings. But I believe that when you look at the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 to 33, I believe that the idea that's there in the mind of Apostle Paul is he's talking about interpersonal relationship. He's talking about interpersonal relationship. So let me stress what I was saying in the beginning. The Lord's table was ordained or was taught by the Lord Jesus for the New Testament church. Therefore, nobody is asked to sit at home alone and break bread by yourself. We come together to worship our God. We come together to break of the bread. We come together to remember the sacrifice of the Lord on the cross of Calvary. Therefore, I believe according to the context that it is in regards to our interpersonal relationship that would determine whether we are participating of the Lord in an unworthy manner. That's what I believe that the context says. Now, can you just look along with me as to what the context is? Please look into your Bibles. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at what it says in verse, verse 17. It says, about your meetings. Look at verse 18. When you come together as a church, you look at verse 20. It says, when you come together. Verse 21, without waiting for one another. And look at verse 22. It says, the church of God. You look at this context, brothers and sisters. It's very clearly talking about the church. In the beginning, Apostle Paul talks about worship, the order of worship, how you and I are supposed to behave in worship. And then he talks about the coming together of believers. When you come together, shouldn't you wait for one another? Shouldn't you have concern for one another? Is it that you sit at the love feast and you eat at the love feast without waiting for one another? No, Therefore then, when you participate of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner, without considering our brothers and our sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is what I believe when it says that we partake of the Lord in an unworthy manner. That means if you and I have issues with one another, if anything affects our fellowship with one another, that is what I believe when Apostle Paul says to participate of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Now we will be going ahead, but just to make it simple, if you and I have an issue with one another, the Bible very clearly simply states that what we should do, we should sit down and we should resolve it. Correct? All of us know that. If you and I have an issue with one another, you and I have to sit down, resolve it, and then we can participate. But I know that as I'm sharing this, there would be many of us who might be wondering, I really don't have an issue with anybody. Correct? 
as probably you because you and i have not made an effort in getting to know one another because that is what i believe the aspect of fellowship actually is so you try you, try, you are you trying to get what apostle paul is trying to say it's not just about having personal issues with one another but it's also not you and i coming to church sitting down and saying it's okay that i'm in my bubble it's okay that as long as i don't involve in somebody else's life somebody else doesn't involve in my life then everything will be fine no do you and i make an effort to get to know people in our church because if you and i don't have any fellowship with one another you and i would never have any problem right we would never get angry at anyone somebody else's actions would never ever irritate me that's why fellowship is very important we need to get to know each other we need to get irritated with each other sit down and resolve and move ahead so apostle paul talks about those believers who have a relationship with one another but they are refusing to resolve those issues and when they sit in the presence of god when there are people in the church who are happy in their space in their bubble when they say i don't need to get to know everyone then when we participate without understanding the significance of the death of the lord jesus on the cross that is when we participate of the lord's table in an unworthy manner can i read a verse for us If you would just turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14 to 16. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 to 16. I'll just read that verse. It says for he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall so that in himself he might make the two into one new man this establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one, in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity so can i explain this verse for us when it says for he himself is our peace who do you think this verse is talking about a little more louder for Christ himself is our peace and who has made both the groups into one you look at ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 it talks about the circumcised and the uncircumcised it's talking about the jewish people and the gentiles when the jews and the gentiles were in the assembly they had issues with one another why did they have issues with one another because there was one group who followed the law to the dot there were others in the church who said it doesn't matter whether we follow or not and then there was conflict with each other and as a result of this conflict it says jesus broke the wall jesus broke the barrier that divided the people that was there in the church jesus was the one who became the peace for us and you look at how jesus transforms that enmity that is there in the church those difference of opinion he says so that in the lord jesus christ he might make the jews and the gentiles into a new man and the new man in the next line is described as one body jews and gentiles new man one body jews and gentiles one in the church and it is only through the lord jesus christ that you and i have peace with one another you know it is it is true that probably you and i might not have any issues or problems unresolved problems with one another but it is also possible for you and i not to enjoy fellowship with one another well if you and i have any issues this bible we're going to study it very clearly says that we resolve it but if you and i are not making an effort to get to know one another 
Now what you and I are doing while we sit in the presence of our God is a personal worship to God. And it doesn't make sense to Him. Or let me, let me ask all of us a question in regards to this, this verse that we read. What is that wall of hostility that prevents us from getting to know one another? What is that wall, that barrier that prevents me from going with to my brother and my sister and apologizing for something that I have done that we should not have done? What is that wall that you and I have built with the cement of ego and pride and jealousy? What is it that you and I are building between us and our relationships with one another? What prevents us from getting to know one another? Let us realize that the word of God says that Jesus becomes our peace. He breaks down the barrier so that you and I learn to accept each other just the way God has created us. So how do we do that? An Apostle Paul from verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 onwards, he, 27 onwards, he talks about three things that you and I need to do. Three things that would prevent us from participating of the Lord in an, uh, Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Three things that Apostle Paul exhorts born-again believers. Three things that you and I need to be careful of, therefore that would prevent us from participating of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Number one, listen to me carefully. Verse 28 onwards, he talks about the act of self-examination. He talks about the act of self-examination. You look at verse 28. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and he drinks of the wine. Before he eats of the bread and he drinks of the wine. Now, like I mentioned to you earlier, you and I might not know if somebody else has an issue with me, right? I might not know if there are issues or barriers that are being built in the church. That is why the Apostle Paul or the Lord Jesus Christ says, you and I must be involved in self-examination. You and I need to be very careful with our interpersonal relationships with each other and examine ourselves before we participate of the Lord's table. Examine ourselves before we participate of the Lord's table. Oh Lord, am I careful in loving my brother my sister according to the standard that God has placed in His scriptures? Therefore, when I come into the church on a Sunday, when I greet, I greet everyone in love. Oh Lord, if there are believers in my church that I am not aware of, people who have recently been added to my church, am I making an effort to go out and, 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 and get to know them? Know what their name is, what they are doing. And then when I sit with them, when I break bread, there is unity, there is fellowship. And all this is possible only through self-examination. Wouldn't we love it if we were given the opportunity to examine somebody else? Right? Wouldn't it be nice if you and I could put marks for somebody else? <laughs> Probably that's the reason why the Holy Spirit knew. Apostle Paul knows and he says, no, 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 don't do that. Examine yourself. You and I ought to examine our own eyes to see how we are treating one another. You know, let me just remind all of us, listen to me carefully as I say this, to sin against a brother is to sin against the Lord Jesus Christ. To look down on a member of the church, to disregard his need, is to disregard and look down on the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of unity, if there is disharmony, if there, instead of love, if there is loathing, this is what Apostle Paul meant. To participate of the Lord in an unworthy manner. In an unworthy manner. You and I must examine ourselves as we sit in the presence of God. 
Because if we examine ourselves, the next portion says, you and I will not fall into judgment. You and I will not have to go through judgment. So keep these two important things in your mind. If you and I are struggling in a relationship with someone else in our church, examine ourselves. If you and I are not making an effort to get to know the Calvary Bible Fellowship family, examine ourselves. Let you and I take that extra step. If it is to resolve, sit and resolve. Let go of our ego. Apologize. Talk to one another. And if you and I are not making an effort to get to know people in church, then you and I ought to make that effort. You know, I know all of us many a times think that we are a church of 220 plus. It becomes very difficult for us to get to know each other. That's right. Probably it would be a little more helpful if you and I go through our schedule and take off the things that we waste our time with and put in a little more time and effort to get to know people in our church. I believe it's possible. I believe it is possible and therefore it is all of our responsibilities to love one another, get to know one another, pray, help, disciple, mentor. And all this is possible only if you and I make that extra effort. That's why Apostle Paul says it is good if you and I examine before we participate of the Lord's table. Do we do that on a regular basis, brothers and sisters? On a weekly basis? Do we get to know someone? If there are issues, are we willing to let go of those issues? Do we examine ourselves in that light of what the scripture is teaching and then participate of the Lord's table? If not, the Bible is very clear. It simply says, you and I will fall into judgment. Number one, you and I need to go through the act of self-examination. Number two, number two, what the Bible says in verses 29 onwards is that you and I need to go through the act of self-recognition. Let me read from verses 29 onwards. Listen to me very carefully. Follow along with me in the Bible. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. If anyone eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under recognition. You know, if we are not careful of how you and I behave in the church, if you and I are not careful of self-examination, if you and I don't recognize that this is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I might fall into the judgment that would come upon us because of the discipline that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just talk about these points. These are things that you and I know. I want to encourage all of us to get to know one another. You and I know very clearly that recently there were so many new people who have come to church. And we are so happy that they have come to church. But have you and I made an effort to get to know them? Talk to them. Ask a little bit about themselves. We thank and praise God that the Lord is adding His people to the church. But it's also very true that when we get familiar with people, we also start to get very irritated with people. Because we know that familiarity breeds contempt. And that's probably when issues might start. We might be irritated for even silly matters, correct? Problems. Things that we might not be able to look, out, look at. But there, again, at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, there might be some of us who might say, because I don't know anyone, I really don't have an issue with anybody. 
I want to encourage all of us to learn to overcome our own our own walls our barriers and get to know one another recognize that the body the blood talks about the unity and the fellowship of our brothers and our sisters you know i i don't want to use uh, i don't want to use this as a principle but i just want to explain this verse we know very well you know how it says in the gospel and i want us to notice something it says if you are offering your gift at the altar and there that you remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift before the altar go your way reconcile to your brother and then come and offer your gift if you remember that who has a problem with you that who has a problem with you that your brother has an issue with you then you don't wait for that brother to come up to you and say brother we need to talk no you and i need to make that effort and say brother is there something wrong i feel that there's something there's something stuck in our relationship here why don't we sit down why don't we resolve it i want to get to know you a lot more better that is what self recognition actually means now now let me explain something before we go to the next verse when you and i are not careful to self examine when you and i are not careful to self recognize when we don't examine our lives and recognize this body broken blood that was shed you and i become habitual offenders when we sit in the presence of god and the discipline of god that is mentioned in the next few verse is in regards to all the habitual offenders so i want to take a few minutes to explain this so that we don't misunderstand what apostle paul is trying to say you know i was just thinking when we stand, when we come for a marriage ceremony and there's this beautiful bride and this handsome man standing before each other the person who's solemnizing the wedding says this is a solemn occasion not to be done casually not to be done you know just like that therefore before you make this vow you must do it solemnly you must be aware of this relationship that you that decision that you are going to make and i believe that's the same thing we do before we participate we stand here and we tell everybody this is a solemn occasion therefore none of us needs to do it casually without understanding what that is now the difference is everybody gets married only some of you disagree okay we all everyone gets married only once but we every week on week you and i participate of the lord's table we become habitual participants of the lord's table you get what i'm trying to say every week we come together to participate of the lord's table imagine one week i come i participate and i have an issue with bani but i'm not willing to resolve it that starts to build up in my life and then what happens two to three weeks when i'm not willing to resolve it the fourth week when i come to church i stop talking to him too much down the drain what happens is when i look at bani i start to avoid him i take another way when i know he's coming to church i might even not come to church on that sunday that is a habitual offender sitting in the presence of god such a person i don't want to say punishment might go through the discipline that would come from god so let me explain that verses 29 30 31 for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the lord eats and drinks judgment on himself that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep 
all of us very clearly know by the word fallen asleep he is not not talking about the not talking about sleeping in the afternoon after eating biryani no but he is talking about physical death the lord jesus and apostle paul through the work of the holy spirit is saying if there are habitual offenders if there are brothers and sisters who come to church they are not bothered about anybody else they are not willing to resolve issues and if been progressing over a period of time they are not willing to do anything about it sometime if the lord chooses we don't know if the lord chooses he could discipline a person through sickness or through physical death now now let me let me clarify all sicknesses are not a result of the discipline of god let me make that very clear all physical deaths that born again believers go through are not a sign of the discipline that comes from god well how do you and i know that's why we look to the first point self examination you and i could examine our own life and you and i would be very clear with a lot of physical illness that you and i might be going through probably because of no remorse of the sin that i have been involved with with my sister with my brother over a period of time which has culminated and culminated and culminated nobody could ever point a finger at somebody else The Lord has given the discernment to our elders to observe the lives of certain people and make decisions. Therefore, you and I need to self-examine ourselves. Just because I have a cold does not mean immediately that is the discipline of God. But when you and I sit in the presence of God and examine and recognize, you and I will be able to understand the attention that the Lord is bringing to our mind in regards to our personal spiritual life. Why does it say that the Lord might discipline certain people with death? It's not talking about loss of salvation. No, it's just saying that the Lord shortens the life of the person on the face of this world. He shortens. Probably it was the desire of the Lord for that person to live in this world for a longer period of time. But the Lord disciplines him. There is no remorse of sin. He or she continues. You and I live in our sin. We are happy with our sin. Maybe sometimes, if it is His will, He can choose to remove somebody from the face of this world. I just want to give you an Old Testament example. I don't want to make that application here. No, but just to give you an idea of what I'm trying to say over here. I think of King Saul, one of the greatest king who lived. You know, the Bible says that he who was from the smallest tribe of Benjamin, right? When he was hiding there, when he came out of the crowd, everybody saw that he was a head taller, such a magnificent man. How did he die? By committing suicide. Correct. He took his own sword and he. he killed himself now i'm not trying to apply that here but but probably that was the discipline from god probably he had a long life to live because abraham lived a long life isaac lived a good life jacob lived a good life but king saul probably his life was shortened think of samson i always i, I we always talk about how samson the bible says he killed many more with his death than when he was alive but is that the way how a child of god should actually die think of that right by killing himself hmm if you and i are habitual offenders if you and i are not careful with our relationships with one another and if ego creeps into our life and it grows and it grows and then when you and i have no longer any remorse for that sin if you and i start coming to church and saying this is how i am i will not change the lord might deal with us through sickness and just as how the lord has done in his will according to his pattern in his time 
he might even remove that person through physical death you and i could never point a finger at someone that is the reason why you and i must self examine you and i must go through the self recognition how serious it is right when we come into the presence of our lord to participate of the lord's table let me remind all of us again worship does not begin on a sunday morning it begins throughout the week self examination does not happen at at 9:45 it happens during the week You and I are careful about our relationship. You and I make an effort to get to know one another. And when we worship God, when we fall in love with one another and build on our relationship with one another, then when we come on a Sunday, when we look at each other, we are joyful. I'm joyful when I see Kristen or or Nitin or I'm joyful when I see Blessing or John and then when we sit together, when we break, we can smile at each other and we can say, "Brothers, you and I, wretched sinners, we sit in the presence of God and we worship him." all because of what christ has done for us on the cross of calvary you know there is this verse in james chapter 5 verse 14 and 15 and just observe this verse it says if anyone among you is sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the lord will raise him up if they have sinned they will be forgiven I believe that this is a verse that very clearly talks about what we just discussed in 1 Corinthians 11. I believe that probably this believer was unwell because of a habitual sin. He was an habitual offender. And what does the word of God says? It's calling the elders of the church to come because the elders are aware of his habitual offense. He confesses his sins. And because they are the representative of Christ in the church, they say the Lord has forgiven you. It is not the oil that makes the person well but rather it is the prayer offered in in faith the oil is probably just a medicinal you know like tiger balm jandu balm that's it they apply that oil and they help that person you know if you read James chapter 5 verse 16 it says therefore confess your sins to one another confess your sins to one another and when you and I confess our sins to one another when you and i are careful of how we are in our relationship with one another you and i will never have to sit in the presence of god fearing the judgment or the discipline that would come through him you and i must at all points of time go through the act of self examination you and i at all points of time must go through the act of self recognition number 3 how is all this possible well you and i need to go through the act of self discipline Verse thirty-three onwards. Look at what the Word of God says. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. Remember how, when I was talking about the earlier passage, I spoke about the love feast. When you come together for the love feast, don't eat to satisfy your own hunger. But that cannot be applied to us because we don't have a love feast every week. Once in a while, we have a love feast. but i'm sure we can apply that to our fellowship let's get to know one another and that is not possible without self discipline some of us might not be used to it and that is very easy to understand let's therefore ask the lord jesus christ to give us the strength that we need to get to know one another let's learn to build one another up with mutual edification let's not be involved in self indulgence 
I said this the last time when I spoke from this chapter. It might begin with us going to our WhatsApp groups and saving the names of the numbers that are there on our phone. And associating that number to a name to a photo. So that the next time I come to church, I will see the person's face and I'll say, Wow, this is so and so. Not number 234 on my phone. That's making an effort. And I know that many of us are doing it. All of us are doing it. That's good. But let's continue to do that. It's you and I coming to church and we looking around for those who did not come today. And after worship, sending them a message and saying, Brother, sister, I saw that you didn't come to church today. Is everything alright? How could I pray for you? It's you and I after church, walking around and talking to those who are visiting us for the first time. Or probably seeing a face that we never saw before and saying, I've never seen you here. Can I extend a hand of fellowship and can we get to know each other? You and I need to go through that self-discipline. Make that effort in our life. And only when we do that, you and I would not fall into judgment. Brothers and sisters, can I ask us an honest question? When we come together, is our coming together, is our worship, a worship that ends in judgment, a, a worship that ends in discipline, or is it rather a worship that ends in absolute joy? Do we have joy when we come together? Do we have the joy to get to know one another? Are you and I able to ask the Lord to fill us with His joy and get to know one another and enjoy the fellowship with one another? Not just with people that I am comfortable with, but even be willing to go out of my way to hang out with someone that I might not necessarily be willing to hang out with. The simplest thing that I can say from this passage Why should our hearts be filled with joy? Because when I look at you and when you look at me, we need to remind ourselves of who we once were before. True? You and I were wretched sinners. We were outside the gate. We were outside the holies of holies. There was a curtain, a huge wall that divided us from entering into the presence of the Lord. But just like how one beggar tells another beggar, about where he can find bread. Somebody shared the gospel with us. You and I shared the gospel with each other. We accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins, my sins have all been forgiven. We are seated in the presence of a holy God only because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of that finished work on the cross, you and I can sit in the presence of God without any remorse, without any sin, without any shame. Our hearts only need to be filled with utmost joy. And that joy is what we should worship the Lord with. You know, all this is only possible if you and I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If there is any of you sitting here who has not yet enjoyed a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you to think about it for a minute? Probably you are here for the first time or probably you've been part of this church or you've heard a message like this or probably you've never enjoyed a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not done that, the Bible very simply states that if you acknowledge the fact that you've been born in your sin, that you've been living in your sin, all you need to do is ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you and the Bible promises freedom. Brothers and sisters, those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, can I get your attention for just one minute? 
All of us would have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, but have you and I become habitual offenders in the presence of God? Have you and I been living in sin in regards to our relationship with one another? Have you and I not made any effort to get to know the church of God? And in that sin, have you and I been living so much so that there is no longer any remorse for that sin? I would like to warn all of us, myself included, in the light of God's holy word, that if we are not careful, if you do not self-examine, you and I might fall into the discipline that comes through God. I can never talk about you. You can never talk about me. So can I encourage all of us? Self-examine ourselves. Recognize the significance of this table. And go into a discipline. Therefore, by which when we come together, our worship, our praise will make absolute sense unto God. Let me close with this illustration. His father carried his, was, uh, was going along with his son to the, to, the, to the fair, the village fair. The son was very excited because the father was talking about it during the week and saying, a fair is coming to town and I'm going to take you there. And the son was super excited. He was super happy. Lo and behold, the day came upon him and he was so happy holding his father's hand as he walked into the fair. He was amazed and his eyes started to brighten when he saw all the beautiful gifts, the chocolates, the things that was being sold at the fair. And he kept asking his father, Dada, can you buy me that? Can you get me that balloon? Can you get me that chocolate? And his father complied. His father bought it for him. And as the gifts in his hand started to increase, as he started to get all that he desired and he wanted, he slowly let go of his father's hand because he needed both his hands to catch all the gifts. You know, but after a while, he was not interested in those gifts. He was not concerned about all that he had accumulated. He was looking around for the hand of his father. Brothers and sisters, let us continue to hold on to the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because all that we mentioned might be simple to understand, but it is equally so difficult for us to practice. I confess. And therefore, can I encourage all of us to stretch out and hold the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's tell the Lord Jesus, I'm willing to let down of this, this, this chocolate that I have, this gift that I have, these things that these, these, these temporary things that I hold on to. I'm willing to let go of my ego, my pride, all my problems. I'm willing to let go of all of these things and I want to hold your hand, Lord Jesus. As I minister in Calvary Bible Fellowship, as I'm a member of Calvary Bible Fellowship, that I am willing to love one another, to learn to let go, to look beyond everybody's shortcomings and love them just as the way that you have loved them. Lord, I am willing to hold your hand and examine myself. And if I have no remorse for being a habitual offender, would you please forgive me? Can I ask all of us just for one minute to close your eyes and to bow your head? Every single person. The only reason I ask you to close your eyes and bow your head is so that each of us would examine our own lives in the light of what we heard today. My dear friends, if you are here and if you've never asked the Lord Jesus to live into your heart, can I encourage you to open and ask the Lord Jesus to come and live? If you have made a decision like that or you are willing to think about it, would you stay back and talk to us? We would love to pray with you and help you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Calvary Bible Fellowship, brothers and sisters, I don't think it is wrong to call all of us habitual offenders. None of us are perfect. <laughs> None of us can achieve these things. Can all of us, myself included, habitual offenders, take a minute, examine ourselves, confess and set things right with God. 
Can we pray, O Lord, if I build a wall of hostility, I will break it down. No matter how strong that wall is, I am willing to tear it down and receive everybody the way you have received them. And O Lord, if I have not made an effort to get to know one another, then I confess, Lord. But would you give me the grace, the strength that I need to love one another? Fill my heart with the joy of your salvation. We will pray and close, but before I pray, if there's anything that you would like to pray and set things right with God, you can do that, and then I will pray and we will close. Our gracious Father, Lord, we want to thank you for this beautiful day, for allowing us to remember your sacrifice for us on the cross. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you have allowed us to do this through your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this portion of Scripture. Lord, we confess that we are not perfect, but we, but, we, but we desire to be a little more like you. So we ask you for your strength and your grace. Lord, teach us at all points of time to examine our own selves, to recognize the body of the Lord Jesus. And if we've not begun to do these things, then teach us to live a life of discipline, to get to know one another, love one another, and to be in a relationship with one another. Father, we thank you for this moment that we could worship you. And Lord, if you are to return today, what a joy it will be for us to worship you in your presence forever and ever. But Lord, if you choose to tarry for one more day, one more week, enable us to worship you, enable us to remember all that we studied and make an effort to get to know this body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus Christ's holy, precious name, we ask and we pray.